Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and uh, um, they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. So the one thing we want to try and organise, I sent out a tweet after this game on Saturday night, can we start a championship restructure that allows Dublin and Kerry play each other every week? What, what, what more do we want? Everyone else can be shipped off to another island, play <laughs> each other, we don't care. Let's watch Kerry and Dublin. Unbelievable forward lines, unbelievable scores. They don't like each other. There's just The games are action-packed. Both go to beat each other. Both can be a little bit dodgy at the back at times. Um, but that's because they've been attacking philosophies they've got marquee players and it just just never seems to disappoint Conan yeah we should do a do a tier 1 and a tier 2 and have two teams in tier 1 and then everybody else in tier 2 exactly <laughs> just have Dublin and Kerry it's, un, it's unreal they've played each other seven times since 2017 uh, both of them have won twice and they've drawn three times right they were so evenly matched yeah and Emily Mulligan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Les. Uh, and Malie at the end then as well, just to kind of set the pulses racing, almost like a good novel, you get to the very end of the chapter and you're like, I have to go to the next one. Yeah. I want to see these playing each other again <laughs> because there's some lads are going at each other. Fenton's peacemaking, you know what I mean? Small has Clifford's jersey and he's doing his best to pull it <laughs> off his back. And you're just like, give us more. Yeah, I suppose. And, and just before that, everybody was kind of talking about Dean Rock shaking uh, Clifford's yeah. hand. You know, uh, I suppose congratulating him on his equalising point but then a minute later the jersey's been ripped over his head you know so no it's, it's, but that's just contrast right because that's interesting because obviously that was a lovely moment with Dean Rock and a free taker respecting another free taker even though Clifford's free wasn't that hard Emlyn no, it's just the, the, the way he took it made it look spectacular didn't he? he didn't the degree of difficulty he added to that free that was a, a standard enough free I know there was a lot of pressure on it for a left footed taker no 
Yeah, well, I suppose, listen, if we look back even the week before there with Kilku, um the, the equalising point in that, I think it was from a similar yeah. position, with probably a bit more pressure being in an Ireland club final, but for Clifford's standards, it was probably a straightforward free, but it's with the way he kicks it, isn't it? The height it's, he puts on yeah, it, the curl he, he puts on it. he made it harder than it was, I thought, by the technique he used. You know, like, it was fully expected him. If he missed it, he would have got slated and probably said, yeah. how did he miss that, you know, but... Um, no, listen, the added pressure that's on him as well as being captain and all that, uh, he stood up to it. But again, it was it was expected that he put it over. Yeah. So Dean Rock shakes his hand after it. And that's obviously, like I said, free theoretical, free taker, respect. And Dean Rock is a gentleman and he plays football as a gentleman. John Small's not a gentleman and he doesn't play football as a gentleman. But there's nothing wrong with that either. No. John Small is loved by Dublin uh, fans. I'm a big John Small fan. I don't have a problem with him getting stuck into Clifford because you, you can't all be respectful and you need a Philly McMahon, a John Small, a Ryan McMahon. You know, a, a player yeah. who's the enemy of every one of his opponents but his own fans love him. And Small's no problem taking on that role. He's no interest in shaking hands with David Clifford. He wants to get stuck into yeah. David Clifford. That's right. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that, I didn't think. Yeah, and they're also like, you know, say Dean Rock and John Small are also completely different players like different Rock, players yeah. different characters the whole lot yeah Rock has to be removed from that a little bit because he has to keep calming himself down to stroke over freeze like he does better than anybody but Small just flicks a switch and he goes into animal mode yeah, and for yeah. 70 minutes anything that's moving that's not in a blue jersey is getting nailed and they're getting nailed hard so I, I do respect and I love watching players who can just sort of go to that other place where they don't give a shit he, about he wasn't happy until that jersey was coming up like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he really focused on it <laughs> did he, maybe, he just want, maybe just wanted the jersey to give to someone else <laughs> he gave it one last big tug and then just stepped back like he's done <laughs> yeah, I always say about John Small he's been sent off in all our finals the look of innocent on the chap's face when he gets sent off is like he just can't understand what <laughs> me what, me <laughs> like but, there's, but there's some of them players that he, like him he just plays on the edge and that's the only way yeah. he knows and as, as you said you'd rather play with him than against him but I suppose all this talk about David Clifford maybe he's just laying down the marker and saying you know you, maybe the whole media world is respecting you as this and that but we'll get you again in the summer just to let you know do you know it's, it's about laying down markers too I suppose and as you said yeah. he's the fellow you want on your team and yeah yeah you want to rattle these good these good forwards but Clifford wanted no part of the melee at the start at you know, it's this kind of I'm holding you, you're holding me, and who lets go first, Demlin? That's come into the game. It's kind of, I don't know, it wasn't, I'd never get involved in that because I was, I'm never going to win one of those yeah. wrestling matches. So I'd be like, I'd hold my hands up. Yeah, I'm some, the same. some lads trade off kind of being strong, and neither of them want to let the jersey go first. Yeah, like, no more than myself. I'd, be, I'd, I'd give plenty of it mouth wise, but I said, when it comes to physical battle and fellas are pulling try me, yeah, I'd be like, just let go of me because I'm not getting involved, <laughs> you know. There'll only be one winner here and it won't be me. But Ref, ref! But, but, some players just, but some players, as you said, just holding the jersey by the neck and, you know, it's, 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 I don't know what they're trying to, I suppose, achieve, but it, it's, it's, coming, it's becoming a lot more common in the game. And I think even again in the club all Iron final, there was a bit of a going on with lads just yeah. pulling and dragging. But no, I suppose no one hitting a clear slap to any man, but yeah. trying to prove their dominance, I suppose, over one another. I'd, I'd often call the ref. Like, I know it's a, being a little squealer, but if a lad's giving me this, <laughs> ref, ref, look. Linesman, are you watching this? Linesman, are you watching this? Why do I want to get back into that with him? Like, I yeah. can't win that. You're, not, you're, you're taking me on in something you're better than me at. I'm just going to squeal on you to the yeah. ref. <laughs> you know, it's an interesting way of looking at it, like, you know, knowing, like knowing your limitations. Because yeah. I remember going over the shoulder boys before and having rocked them and they're sort of laughing at you. It's like, oh, why did I try to do that? And you're winded, yeah. yeah. Avoid, avoid those things. <laughs> avoid it as much as possible. Do you know, one thing I will say about John Small is that he's gone, he's at it a long time now, is diving. And we talked about Ryan McHugh doing it a lot. And he's desperate for when he feels contact going down. Small's in that uh, category. 
um, now and people need to watch out for it because you can't lay a hand on John Small he's thrown his body back he's going to ground I don't like seeing it I don't know why he does it he seems to be perfecting it because he doesn't he gets away with it a lot and the black card he got Graham O'Sullivan Graham O'Sullivan turned started running towards the ball John Small just ran straight into him and a big theatrical kind of fallback and got him sewn up with a with a black card yeah, but I think that's the way the game's gone too, um, Colin. Like a lot of players get any minimal touch at all now they're going down. I think yeah. there's, there's a few examples even in that game. I think there was one up the sideline, Paul Geaney got a bit of a slap in the shoulder and he went down holding his face. So I suppose to single out John, John Small as the only player that does it, it would be harsh enough because a lot yeah. of players are doing it. And I suppose in the position that he is, especially through on goal, everyone's looking for that extra added advantage to get a score or something. Yeah. And I suppose it's not been, I suppose managers aren't probably putting a stamp on it to tell players not to do it, but referees unfortunately are buying into it and as you said some players are consistently at it which isn't I suppose it's not a nice trait to have but if it's getting an advantage for Dublin they're probably happy enough it is any tackle above the around the chest now is being taken like it's a clothesline in the WWF you know what I mean like you've been bloody slingshotted back you know I don't, we talked about this before it, it, it's disappointing it's hard to know how to, how to finish it because there, there has been contact and it's not really that obvious how much there has been so if somebody goes flying back it kind of looks like it was a foul and that's kind of the way it is. I want to talk about the attacking mark, lads. And this attacking mark obviously has to go. I think everybody's going to agree on that because uh, Paul Mannion got one in the first half and like Christ almighty, lads, if you're getting a free shot at goals for a little side foot by Fenton out towards the wing, Michael Murphy got one. You were in uh, Bally Buffet at this one and uh, he got a mark in the first half. What does that add to our game? Honestly, lads, those the two they're the two marks I want to talk about because I want to talk about it uh, in positive sense in a minute. But those type of marks do not improve Gaelic football in any shape or form. There is no skill involved in neither the kick pass nor the catch. And now you're getting a free pass at goals. This has to be changed back after this league. And is there scope for them to do that? I think there is. I don't think it's set in stone. It has to be. This is not Gaelic football, and it shouldn't. There is no way. Should a simple skill of a shitty little kick and a shitty little catch in your stomach be rewarded and the game stopped? What are we looking to change the game to? Yeah. Like, that's a, like talking about rewarding kicking and catching, like you're rewarding a, a fearful pass, like a little dumped 20 yard pass. That and it, you, it could even be sideways, Conan. It yeah. might not even be a positive fecking kick. You can hand pass that in your 20 yards. <laughs> you're rewarding that and you're rewarding an easy catch and giving somebody a score, slowing the game down in the process. Like, the attacking work, like when people are sort of, they're looking to credit it and say what it can do. They're relying on people not using it and football being played the way it has been played anyway over the last ignoring couple of years. it, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So that's like the success is based on it not being used. Most teams did ignore it. Leash got four, which is the highest uh, return I've seen. Um, they're picking a team kind of built around potentially getting more out of the mark like they've Colin Murphy out in the half forward line Kieran Lillis and Evan O'Carroll inside Kieran Lillis is a midfielder he got 1-3 we'll talk about him in performance of the weekend but here's the positive about the advanced mark Emlyn so that the advanced mark Paul Geaney got where you're under pressure and you catch a spec like that was spectacular enough yeah. with the pressure he was under that, re- that deserved the reward it's Kieran Kilkenny's yeah. one that deserved a kick and when people see a catch like that they don't seem to have you wouldn't really have a problem mm. with them being rewarded for a good catch because they're being tackled they've just caught it under pressure that's why my point is that if the advance mark has moved inside the 21 and kick it outside the 45 the catch will never be simple because you'll be marked hard in there and you'll have to work for a good catch and plus it's guaranteed to be 25 metres in distance so there's a bit of hang time on it so you're going to be yeah. under pressure catching it. So people won't mind rewarding that. 
And I don't understand why the hell they changed this bloody mark to, from that to this monstrosity, which is is not Gaelic football. No, I think I can go back to Michael Murphy's one when I seen it, I suppose, in live action the last day. Like, he's coming running out in front of the full back, yeah. getting the ball on the 35 in his chest. And like, the actual crowd were kind of surprised and put the hand up because it, I suppose a lot of people still don't understand where you can get the mark from. Yeah. But, like, for a player of his calibre, and, and I suppose any other day if the mark wasn't there, he probably would have turned and took his man on yeah. and, and maybe created a goal chance or something. But he took the easy option, right? rightly so. But I suppose just when you, as you said, when you see it, it's only a, t- a 25, 30 yard hand pass onto the chest and you're getting rewarded with a free shot at goal. Like, it's very tough on the defender as well because when you're especially American, like the Michael Murphy, you can't afford to really step out in front of him because if the ball comes over your head, you're caught. So, like, if, you, if you're standing a yard off and not trying to get caught, like, what, how, how, do you, how do you mark him? Do you know? And, the likes of, as you said, Kieran Kilkenny's one. Like he was rewarded for, you know, a special catch. As you said, doing a skill that's, you know, not easily done. Yeah. But some and of the, a good a good kick, like a good yeah. forward positive a risky kick, kick as a well. risky kick. Because if you were outside the forty-five to the inside the twenty-one, there is no sideways kick possible there. Mm. You know, there is no shitty little kick possible. It has to be a good kick because you have to catch it inside the twenty-one. So you're actually adding a few more meters on. You know what I mean? Onto it. From where you might have to catch it, but if you t- if you just look back an example, sorry, you know, Willie, but like if you go back to the Ireland final, Donegal bet Mayo back in 2012, and it was Carlesi put a diagonal ball in top of Michael Murphy, like that goal wouldn't have happened. But now, if the game is a play, he probably would have taken a mark. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so you, we're going to lose out on special well, moments. I, I on think. on that one now, I will say because that's been used as an example before. Donegal's tactics that they were to hit Michael Murphy yeah. edge of the square and try and get a goal. Yeah. I'm still think Michael Murphy would have gone have, for a goal. Maybe. Like you know personally, because I think Mayo had a weakness there that Donegal had. Uh, prepared for now if the advance mark was there I, you don't know what would happen but I still think Michael Murphy might have gone for a goal but I think it. that ball should be the ball that's been used for the mark it's like di- diagonal 40 yeah. yard pass yeah. you win it you have a full right to catch and claim it and take your mark and there's no one in the ground would ever criticise a 30 metre kick being fetched over your head because look yeah. you're, it's going to be very difficult to catch a ball not over your head from that distance back inside 21 it'll be a spectacular catch and instead of you being crowded out, you're getting a shot at goal. And now that's improving the game instead of changing what the fundamentals of the game are. Yeah, because Paul Ginny is a perfect example. He's he's fallen and he's injured himself in the process of catching it. And it's a great catch. Nobody wants to see four Dublin players stand over him until the ref blows too long. Yeah, yeah. They, they're happy enough to let him get his free exactly. and carry put it over. So instead of improving those kind of messy situations and games, rewarding a catcher, a good fetch, and rewarding a good long kick... We're now rewarding shit. Like, <laughs> we're rewarding something he, that's not even that. a skill. Like, this is in rugby. You shouldn't be celebrated for being able to kick a ball. Like, this is Gaelic football. It's, this is a fundamental of the game. A kick and a catch into your stomach. Like rugby players are celebrated for catching a ball into their chest. What a great catch. What? He just caught it. <laughs> Must be a GA player. I, no, but it's true. It must be. I played rugby at under 18 level and it was the easiest game I've ever played. Just catch and kick it. And I was being celebrated for catching the ball here. In Gaelic football, you have to catch it way up over your head. It's really difficult. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, the Gaelic football is a much more skillful game than being rewarded for catching it into your belly. That's the point that I think we, we, we have to make. Turbot from Armagh got a lovely mark from a, a lovely long outside of the boot mm. by Rian O'Neill who's brilliant at those, but nobody would have complained about that even though it wasn't inside the 21 but every mark if it's outside the 45 inside the 21 will be that type of mark yeah, it'll be a spectacular mark you'll be under pressure and you'll deserve your kick at the goal yeah. we're kind of re- I'm repeating myself now <laughs> the woolly mark isn't working no but the ha- it's not <laughs> and you know what it's nothing to do with the woolly mark you know how pissed off I was when you broke that to me uh, <laughs> that time Conan it's just it's just not it's, it's not improving the game no, it's, it's not it's terrible terrible they have to change it simple as that because they've changed 
the game of Gaelic football yeah. to compromise rules yeah. and it's poxy they have to change it back it's very simple I've seen enough of it <laughs> I have I've yeah, seen no, enough I of agree. it um, the sin being on the other hand that looks great it's a much more of a deterrent to cynical play in my opinion for example when who was sin been for Dublin um, when Eric Lowndes Eric Lowndes yeah. was sin been for Dublin now they're down at back now Dublin have to change uh, bring Scully back to wing back and they're down a forward so they had to change the whole shape of their team now a lot of teams say if Kerry lost it back who would they put back there they pick a very attacking forward line do you know what I mean mm. it really punishes the team that gets the black card Emlyn yeah big time uh, but the only thing I think you might see a, team, a lot of teams resort back is trying to keep possession then for a lot more without maybe I think that's a downside on it, but we, we like we we're saying here in the show, we do think they will end up that being a time time thing. Rather, you can stop the clock during it. Yeah, that's a tweak they need to make. You know, to make um, on it. But yeah, listen, and, and I think for the player himself as well, I think any player that might get caught out with a, you know, I suppose a, might an accidental black card as such. At least they're not completely punished that they're gone for the whole game. You know, it is a ten. There's that as well. That, you know, for that element, I think it's very harsh in some players mm-hmm. that we've seen over the years that. I've got a black card after the first few minutes of a game and you're like, you know, especially in championship, you know, you're training the whole year and you're gone then, but at least it's only a 10-minute period. And and again, listen, it's, it's it's an advantage to the other team that the team are down a man, but it'll be interesting to see how it's utilised because there's definitely, way, I think if you look into it in, in ways that if you are down that man, that your teams are going to look and say, right, try and keep, don't be forced and play, don't be losing possession, try and keep it for as many minutes as we can and just as supposed to play down the clock until we get that man back on the pitch. That's the thing. Like, if you lose a forward, it's not the end of the world. You just lose a forward. It's when you lose a back and the backs are probably the ones getting a lot of the black cards suddenly now there's 10 minutes to go you're a man down you have to take off one of your forwards bring on a back Yeah, like it's a big punishment We kind of when you think you're down to 14 that's the punishment it's not only the punishment there's also the punishment of having to rejig your team yeah no it's, it's definitely it's it's way better than what it was just bringing on a sub a fresh sub like was, yeah. wasn't a punishment at all but yeah, yeah, I was a bit bit worried about Dublin for a couple of minutes. They had been keeping the ball, and remember last year it became a bit of a first where teams just kept it because it's such a big punishment, yeah. and they just kept possession. But then I suppose it's up to the other team. They realise we've got an extra man. Push Let's up. push up, yeah. push the keeper out, or whatever. We need to just get that ball back, and we've got an extra man. Yeah, they don't even need to push the keeper out. They have yeah, that extra man. Actually, in yeah. fairness, Kerry, we'll talk about that in part two. Kerry used Paul Murphy very well as the spare man and forced Dublin into bringing your man Bugler on to mark uh, yeah. Paul. <laughs> Paul Murphy um, Tipperary uh, Jack Kennedy for Tipperary got two black cards so like I mean he's not worried about this sin bin one little bit so he was sin binned <laughs> took 10 minutes 15 to 25 minutes in the first half and then got another black card to get sent <laughs> off thought it was rolling subs <laughs> yeah so Lowndes got the yellow and then got a yellow or got a black and then got a yellow after a black and to be honest that happened so fast his hand was high I didn't think it was that bad I thought Philly McMahon was much worse than Lowndes and he escaped completely like Philly yeah. McMahon is like a cat with nine lives like I mean he was it was a blatant yellow after the black yeah, yeah he, sorry go on yeah Philly went in later right with his hand but I think Lyons was harsh enough I think Stephen O'Brien was going through and he went to tackle but his, his hand literally rubbed off his high hand face. yeah it wasn't much in that yeah. and again they're all going down holding their face but I think uh, you know I suppose it is a free technically but I suppose as a yellow card it's, it's harsh enough but um, as you said yeah, in, Philly's, in Philly's case he left when the ball was hit off again he came in late with the hand in the face but again I suppose he, he plays devil's advocate told him it's not me ref you know and uh, hands up and giving out to the ref over it but I suppose that's the reaction you yeah. have to have too to try and to play it down I suppose make him confused yeah in fairness to Philly he got a yellow card for doing nothing with yeah. David Clifford <laughs> earlier on so yeah. maybe the ref was being a bit kind to him maybe he was maybe he was so you were at Mayo and Dublin and or Mayo and Donegal and James Carr who we know can score spectacular goals 
he scored a spectacular goal, but he didn't mean it. No, right? this is a point. This is an attempt at a point that was just went into the goals. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I suppose anyone that leads to believe any other is you need needs a recheck and or. But no, listen. The ball came into him and he turned, and you know that angle. He just coming around an angle, and I suppose he caught with Dundersall of his foot, and it just dropped short over the keeper's head, over the keeper's head, and Sean Patton had a chance. But I suppose that goal inevitably kept them in the game. Um, they were very poor in the first half. Mayo, uh, Donegal had an awful lot of wides, a lot of dropped into the keeper's hands, and I suppose that that goal did keep them in it. But there's no way, he, there's no way he definitely meant it. And I suppose it's, it, it, that's probably going on the basis of his incredible goal last year in the championship. People are probably saying, oh, he's well capable of doing that sort of thing, but. Uh, he definitely didn't mean it anyway. he definitely didn't mean it. and I think you have had to play the game to think it because I've read reports where they said that he scored a great goal do you know and then it was, it was one the grin on his face afterwards suggested that he might not be have been, or he might have been going for a pint he was going for a yeah. pint on the turn <laughs> and caught it too heavy 100%. and that was it didn't ca- get the contact on it that he wanted at all yeah the goal suggested that he missed it like there's no way he was going for a goal there like, no. there was only one place he could have dropped like Sean Patton was looking at it going Come on, like, yeah. You know. It was actually poor. You want to be scoring a pint from there on the turn oh, for a good yeah. inside forward. Paddy Durkin goal though, he was going for. It. There's only one thing he was going for. Now he got a deflection of uh, Michael Murphy to send it up. You often see that in soccer. Actually, mm. it just the deflection makes it that bit more spectacular. You need to see it again. What a goal that was! Like I mean, he scored one three. He scored one three in about uh, the last. He brought on in the sixty-six minute. Yeah, he just came on so James or James, James Durkin. Durkin. Yeah, um, I was I was saying to Conan earlier on. Unfortunately, myself and my father left with about two minutes to go, so I actually missed the goal. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. So I said we got into the car and they're on the radio and they're like, "Declan Bond will be disappointed." And I'm like, "Come on, next thing, <laughs> living." <laughs> I think, but there's a lot of people ahead of me, a lot of Mayo fans as well. They wouldn't have realised until they got into the car. But um, no, listen, in fairness to Mayo. The last 10-15 minutes the battle hard actually and one thing about them is and I think I don't know Joe Bally said about it he, he said something in the paper during the week he was saying that they, like, they, they go out to win you know what I mean and in fairness the last 10 minutes they went at Donegal as hard as they could um, creating a number of chances but again I just don't know how he wasn't pulled to the ground and a few people have said it like he, he broke two or three tackles yeah. on the 30 past the D and then kicked on the 21 he should have been pulled straight to the ground Declan you know? Bonner you'd have to because that's easy for you to say right because usually managers don't ever say this they never admit this Declan Bonner you'd have to admire his honesty after the game said it's very disappointing we're disappointed with our defending in their last play someone should have taken a black red whatever <laughs> I thought we were the better side and should have been more up at half time we conceded two sloppy goals there's still a lot of learning for these young lads he's blatantly saying it now number one James Durkin I, not one of the top level players he's out around the bloody not even coming on the 21 black card when he got the ball in his hand wouldn't really be in my head I'd be like let him have it go on that's it there's no goal on here you know at what point do you get scared and go James Durkin's not going to score from there is he yeah. do you know what I mean are you thinking black card with James? no disrespect to James Durkin <laughs> but like I mean let's be honest that, that's fair because like it wasn't like Donegal were sixes and sevens Michael Murphy was standing there as well in the middle of between the goals between the goals yeah. but there was no goal on no it's usually like when you they've got a man over just get him down and get men back but yeah. at this situation like Donegal seems set like, so yeah that, that's a fair point you might not think but maybe the thing is just give the free away and they're not going to get a goal just give it anyways yeah yeah yeah, I, I think at that stage of the game especially I think anything no matter what you know you're a goal down at the end of the day they're going for a goal I think you know the, the team at their level should know but there should be a bit more wiser to it and I think Eamon McGee was he was doing co-commentary on it with one of the radio stations and he said himself he just I can't understand how someone didn't pull him straight pull the head of him pull him to the ground right. like, you know I suppose yeah. it, it costs him so a point, J- like, you know, James Durkin is 21 metres out Michael Murphy's between him and goals there's another player between him and goals he's being tackled yeah 
we're safe here, right? Emlyn's gone home to the car park. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there's too no, worried about a money. There's no goal out here, right? There's no goal. So I I would be less critical of them for not taking it. And anyways, you sh- we shouldn't be encouraging taking yeah. a black or a red or whatever anyways. So like, I mean, that's the reality of it. Donegal missed a whole load of uh, scoring chances. I think it was nine wides in, or five wides and four into the goalie's hands. And I was just thinking, like this thing can happen in the league Emlyn do you know how many meetings have you had after a game where you kicked a lot of wides and you're like is this a problem yeah, it's no, not a problem then, no. some days that happens do you know? and Michael Murphy was I suppose the culprit of a few of them so definitely you can't really question it but uh, there was a bit of a reason for ourselves too but I was just saying the corner as well before we come on the biggest issue still I think for me always are their kickouts um, yeah. not, and not being a, a judgmental on David Clark and listen he's a massive servant to me over there but his kickouts the quality in terms of other division one keepers at the minute in terms of Sean Patton's even like he, he nearly cost him two goal chances I know he brought off a great save for one Jimmy Brennan tried to catch him out from another but it's just a, they're a consistent loop and um, a looping kick out to midfielder was putting massive pressure on them you know and yeah. there was one great example it was funny there was I don't know if they all get a score away but as Michael Murphy was retreat, retreating out the pitch running backwards Tom Parsons was coming out after him and Tom kept hitting him punching him on the chest he hit him three or four uh, unmerciful hits into the chest but next thing Clark just put the ball up on top of Parsons and Murphy and came him through out. him come through him yeah. and we were all saying like it was the worst time to give Parsons that kicker because Murphy was just revved up to take all with him you know <laughs> but it was, again it was the kick out the cost the caught Tom it just sits floating in there you know and I suppose Rob Henley's there and I know I've played with the two of them before with Connacht and that and in fairness Henley's kickers are definitely more of a kind of a ping pass you know and they're I suppose they're coming yeah, a quick Henley has a kamikaze moment he's like bloody Pickford from Everton but that's what I'm saying like so he's I a good goalie but he has a he's a mistake in him but I suppose but I just think it's a big thing for me going forward to, I suppose to rectify that issue and because yeah. as you've seen like even Kerry in, in a couple of moments when the pressure come on to Kerry keeper give yeah. away a couple of, like at that level to win all Ireland's like you need your you know 95% kickouts has to be like it has to be yeah. guaranteed possession but this thing Clark lost 8 of his 17 kickouts now like I mean the kick out now is from the 20 metre line yeah. why we've talked about this before they're all trying to copy Cluxton it's like you're not as good as him at yeah. that Cluxton doesn't have as long a kick as you Clark do you see Cluxton copying your long kick no do what you're good at drive it yeah. bring Murphy off out to the side Parsons pretend you want it break down towards the wing and you drive it long and have so, Dearman O'Connor somebody flicking that on and let, I don't understand I don't understand why all these goalkeepers are constantly copying Cluxton when none of them can bloody do it looking at Shane Ryan there and he's panicking over these kickouts when Dublin pressed them late and he was shitting it drive the bloody thing don't put them under pressure you know this is what Dublin were just waiting for that anyways we'll talk about that um, tactically in part two so I don't want to get too much into that we'll move on here lads to division two and we have to start with this and this is Leash what a draw away to Roscommon 2.14 to 2.14 two injury time goals lads and by all accounts this was no less than what they deserved so Enda Smith scored a penalty in the 61st minute um, it put uh, Roscommon five points off, two eleven to twelve. In the same penalty incident, Mark Timmons got a sin bin, so he's gone for the rest of the game, um, pretty much. So they're a man down and they're five points down away to Roscommon. Game's over, lads. That's it. <laughs> no, not Mike Quirk's leash. Game ain't over at all. <laughs> we, we 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 have to factor in quirky time. <laughs> So Evan O'Carroll apparently gets goal of the season candidate. We we didn't see that, even though I have to say League Sunday was excellent last night. Started with uh, Galway and Monaghan, and we'll talk about that in part two with highlights. I was really surprised by that. I thought League Sunday was really good with the highlights they showed. So anyways, Evan O'Carroll gets goal of the season contender. Then Kieran Lillis, better known as a midfielder, 
who scored one three. We'll talk about him in performance of the weekend. He gets um, he gets a goal, and suddenly Leash get a, a draw that looked very unlikely, but that they deserved. And Leash winning and Westmead winning have thrown our predictions. There's only only one round, but Cavan and, and Clare losing. Westmead beating Clare is a huge result for them, and Cavan going down so badly. It's bef- it's probably between four now to go down there rather than like Leash obviously have our man next, but that's a great result away to Roscommon. Yeah, listen, and Roscommon at home especially, um, you would have expected, but to come back with that scoreline, you know, it was as you said, it, it was justified by all accounts, and I, I wasn't at the game myself, but um, it's a massive point to get away from home, and I suppose with other results going in that division, I think like the Cavan. Cavan could be in for a long division too, you know, especially with a few players missing. But uh, hats off to Leash. Um, like you still, like is your name and players, Kieran Lillis, John O'Loughlin, then, but he's still batting along there. Like it's when new manager in, um, it'll definitely give them a bit of hope in the division. It definitely will. And look, look, they had four marks, and I was asking one of the players where they're doing much work on the marks, and they've picked their team with Lillis in full forward, you know, to maybe get the best out of that. And four marks is a big return considering in the Donegal Mayo game there's only one mark in the whole game am I right in saying that the Murphy one the, yeah. the poxy one so like I mean four marks is a good one in your first game and they seem to be basing it around Car Healy came on as a sub in the second half his first game with Leash since 2013 Incredible. Carter Healy is a legend in Leash football uh, Leash supporters love him Portly supporters love him he's a warrior and he went with the hurlers and I'm not sure that, uh, why he's not back with the hurlers this year again but he's back in with the footballers. He's 32, 33 now. He's had some unbelievably bad injuries. So it was just fantastic to see um, Catter back. And hopefully he hasn't lost you know, his, uh, his pace and his ability. He won't have lost his heart anyway. So it was fantastic for Leash fans to see him back on the field. Jeez, it's more uh, positive around Leash football now. <laughs> oh, last week I had them relegated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a shame Emlyn missed the two goals he left early. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget, I went over, when Roy Keane took over Sunderland, he, I went over, obviously love Roy Keane, so I went over to support Sunderland and uh, they were playing, I think it was Derby or someone, and it was, jeez, it was the worst shite I'd seen in a long time. <laughs> and there were a goal down and we're walking across the car park leaving after 85 minutes and this huge cheer, Kenwyn Jones is after sticking in ahead. <laughs> These things happen. So Kildare beat Fermanagh. Uh, Fermanagh apparently were well set up defensively, so look... We're not going to see maybe too much difference from Fermanagh. But Kieran Corrigan, I hope we see this tonight on TG Carrick. From reading reports, he broke clear of Liam Healy, rounded Kildare keeper Mark Donnellan, and but his shot could only rebound off the crossbar. And I just have Ronnie Rosenthal versus <laughs> Aston Villa in my head. I want to see this. Uh. So he's gone around the goalkeeper with an open goal and he hit the crossbar. Uh. Kieran Corrigan. God, look, he's not looking forward to seeing this tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the whole country should <laughs> Yeah, so tune in to see this miss. Now, maybe it could be wrong. Maybe he went around him and it's a tight angle and that's he I'm tried to back yeah. it back. I'm hoping from his point of view that that's it. And it's not Ronnie Rosenthal from yeah. the penalty spot onto the, onto the crossbar challenge. Oh, it says the goal was gaping, though. It sounds like it was, right. it was there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Armagh Hammer Cavan. We mentioned that, lad. So, like, I mean... Mickey Graham had to offer a public apology to the people of Cavan. He says, we owe the good people of Cavan who paid good money to come and see us an apology. This was nowhere near good enough and that's nowhere near good enough to be getting hammered by that. We know how many players that they're down. Ushin O'Neill said after the game, he started, I don't think he had been picked to start, he he started for Armagh. He said, we worked really hard in pre-season we're looking forward to this first game. We targeted this one from a long way out. So it's interesting when you hear that targeted this. They obviously lost to our man the championship. So natural enough, say lads, we'll get these lads back. I was wondering with the league when you target one for one way out, 
then your next game you have six yeah. days <laughs> do you know what I mean it's like a, that's leash so I'm delighted with this so they haven't targeted leash at all so <laughs> leash have a great record against Armagh so no but I thought that was an interesting one and he was talking about having three home games they only had two home games last year they obviously one was taken off them so like I mean Armagh by the sounds of things targeting a league and Jesus like they definitely have a fair forward line and their subs that came on Michael Shields came on Gerald Oak Burns came on James Morgan came on and Jamar Hall came on bit of strength in depth there as well yeah listen it's good. I suppose Kieran McGinney there now he's, he's had a nice number of years or you imagine they're going to click eventually like you know but I, a, few, a number of years ago I wouldn't have I would have known very little of my players whereas now the kind of names are becoming more I suppose cemented in the yeah. team like the likes of O'Neill's Jamar Hall them sort of names so I suppose it was the right time to get Cavan as well, but I suppose you can't read into the first game too much. But yeah, you'd be worried if you were just targeting that one game for the last three, four months that I suppose that you're forgetting about everyone else in the division. But I'm sure Kieran McGinney's he's a shrewd enough operator that he'll have his work done, he'll have his homework done and the rest of the game's coming. It's funny that young Turbot, as if the one place that don't need new good young players coming through is in the forwards. Like yeah. I mean a good wing back or a good centre, a dynamic centre back, you know, a Jack McCaffrey type young player is what they mean. Do you see Stephen Ka- Stephen Ka- Stephen Campbell when he got the penalty? Like this, this was a. They were winning well at this stage. He had to have a bit of afters with Raymond Galligan. Did yeah. you notice that yeah. he ran in after him? Whatever was going on between Rose the two of them, flicked that switch. He went the animal. <laughs> are we are we going to allow ourselves to get excited by Armagh in this year for what will be the I third? I can't or fourth? help it. I can't help <laughs> it. It's a I like them. I yeah. like them. I like them. And I wait and you hear me about Galway in part two, <laughs> <laughs> and that's just off highlights. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Division 3 then. So Cork were kind of, you know, they're the favourites. And I thought it was an interesting stat. There was a first win in Porky Keeve for five and a half years. Isn't that unbelievable from Cork? It's only about two and a half thousand at this game. Uh, no interest in it. It was a first opening round league win since 2016 and a first win in the competition since February 2018. They've been in disarray. So Ronan McCarthy said after the game, we've never had Porky Keeve as a base played in Porky Rin and stuff like that didn't they yeah. their, their games we don't want to overplay this but there will be a slight benefit as the year goes on we'll have four games here in the league it's a place we can start calling home our record has been uh, our home record has been appalling we only got two points from 14 in the last two years so Kieran Sheen is back um, he scored two nice uh, first half points so they, they, they just look they look like they're in you know in good shape even though there was times in that game from all accounts that they, w- they weren't great but they still won by seven points, and that's what you'd expect. Yeah, it's hard to know where Offaly are at. I suppose they got to the Burn Cup final. Offaly are going so, well at this time so of you, the year. Yeah, you know, a seven point a seven point win might be bigger or and a better performance than maybe you're looking at. You know, yeah. so it'll it'll tell more in the league going on. But um, yeah, like Offaly have definitely improved in the last twelve months dramatically since John Mahon has come in. In fairness, yeah. So that's it. Tipperary and Down obviously drew. That looked like a little bit of a boring enough. There, it looks like Tipperary and Cork are are moving into pole position since Derry, who we thought might uh, have an outside chance. Couldn't beat Leitrim at home, and it, you know it's in a terrible. That's very disrespectful. No, remark, couldn't it, it, well, I wanted to ask you about that, Emlyn, because usually when people are going, you know, the weaker counties, the Carlos and the Leitrims. <laughs> no disrespect, <laughs> Leitrim. <laughs> no disrespect. Are you sick of hearing oh, that? It's funny, and you done a show here a few weeks ago, and Gerard Brennan was like, and the, the likes of Leitrim are going all there. And I said, why do you have to keep referring to Leitrim? Like we're, we're, we're Division Three now, so we yeah, should yeah. we shouldn't be used in that context anymore. But, but they're on the tip of everyone's tongue what? when you're thinking of a poor Leitrim, aren't they? Well, you've the smallest playing pop or pop. Population, right? Isn't that or play or 
playing population. I don't know what it is, but it shouldn't be referred to anyway. So we're Division <laughs> 3 now. It should be referred to, it should be Division 4 teams referred to only. And we're out of that division. We thought that, like when Carlo got out of Division 4, it was like there were Carlo Rise and Carlo. Yeah, Carole. yeah. Like Leitham were there now and we're drawn with Derry and we're still being referred to <laughs> Leitham are going to win all Ireland. So we're trying to change that perception, Willie, you know. so Yeah, and it's funny actually because Keith Burney, uh, he scored nine points, eight from taking over your job on the freeze, has he? No, uh, well, I, I wasn't kicking him. Out. I wasn't kicking him for the last year either. But no, Keith, Keith was with us the year before. He, he, he was away last year. Um, in fairness to me, he's very good at, he's very good at kicking it off the ground. Right. He was a good soccer player too. He played a bit with Longford Town underage and that. So he's he's been a big addition back in. So like it's you know yourself, if you have a good free kick taker, at least it always gives you a chance if you are getting frees. So I suppose going into the game, Leitrim people wouldn't have given them any hope. I probably didn't give them much of a Nobody hope. Nobody did because Celtic Park or Celtic Park. Celtic. Celtic Park mm. is a different... Uh, Traditionally, it's not easy to play up there. Derry will be set up in a way that I didn't give Leitrim any chance no. in this game. Let's be honest. And with Rory Gallagher there, a we, new manager. I, pres- I presumed that they'll concede about seven or eight points, and we'd be lucky to get. You know, so I suppose the fact that we were two points up going into injury time, we're probably disappointed if we didn't take the two points, yeah. especially if we need every point we can get into the division. But before the hand, we would have took we would have took our hands off if someone told you we'd get a point in it. So hats off to the lads. Um, there's a good, there is a good group of players there, in fairness, and. I suppose the fact when you're being wrote off so much it's very easy to get yourself up for them sort of games but again a lot of it has to be said what, what sort of shape are they in nobody really knows either you know so it'll, it, we, we've Cork now at home this weekend which will prove a massive task and it'll probably give us a bit of a, bit of a better I suppose whereabouts where we're at as where a team, you're at well you know. here's our Derry correspondent so he will find out what, what is wrong with Derry in fairness like I mean we were talking up Derry last Thursday and again no disrespect to Leitrim you ha- Leitrim were one of the favourites to go down like they were let's yeah. be honest in the bookies at home games you have to win them regardless of who it is you know mm. yeah and it is, I, I don't uh, want to hear like people talking about Derry coming out of Division 4 because Derry should never have been in Division Four. Like that was that, there was a reason that was a big scandal when they went down. Like you know, everybody in Derry was pissed off to f- they find themselves so low. So they're back sort of where they should be, and they should be sort of aiming for the top of Division Three, Division Two. But um, no, it's not, it's not not a good start. By all accounts, I think they started brightly, but missed a lot of chances and found themselves was it one three to nothing down or something like that. You know, right. even though they sort of started on the front foot, they went with the wind. I think Leitrim picked to go against the wind in, in the first half. Uh, and targeted that, and then they went ahead in the second half, and and Derry had to come from behind in the end. But just yeah, it's uninspiring, really. Shane McGuigan came on and scored one one, so he'd obviously be starting most of their games. He'd be starting next. Important. Here's a stat which I which I couldn't believe. So only seven players remained on the Leitrim uh, remained from the Leitrim team that ki- that lost to Derry last year in the league final, and only six of that victory were were available on the Derry team. So that's some turnover in one year from two teams. Obviously, it must have been going well if they they played each other in the Division Four League final, got promoted, and you're looking at seven left from Leitrim and six left from Derry. Yeah, you'd imagine it'd be the other way, wouldn't you? You'd imagine, especially yeah, the you'd they'd be building on maybe yeah. twelve of that <laughs> continue on, you know? Yeah, I suppose there's different aspects and different reasons for lads retiring and that sort of thing too. But it's it's definitely a big turnaround. Um, I know for ourselves, and yeah, like we don't have, as you said, we don't have a massive pick of players, so like it, it, I suppose it makes the makes the point all that more valuable when you do when you see that change of players and that, but. I suppose for Derry, one thing we would have noticed last year was when they were attacking, they were very strong going forward. Like you know, and that's what I would have thought, especially at home in this game. But I suppose when you see them at the changes they have to their squad, maybe maybe Derry aren't as strong as we're all kind yeah. of led to believe. And Rory Gallagher doesn't like those attacking players. What do you want to be doing <laughs> going on with those type of players? For anyways, well, I have to ask you. Like I mean, are you looking at those games? You want to get back in with Leitrim, so you did. I'm not going to judge you at all. Last year, you were very disappointed after the Ross Common game, and you dropped off the panel. 
done it loads of times so many times I can't even remember how many times I've done it so I'm not going to in any way judge you on the disappointment of not getting the game time that you wanted what I am surprised about is wanting to go back in when Terry Highland is obviously pissed off with you you, you know when, when you jump ship the only way generally I got back in was when the manager went. Do you know what I mean? So I like, think, I think that's going to be my case. <laughs> <I think it>. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be hoping Terry's gone. Like so, so like I mean, in your own competitive way, would you be like going? It would suit my chances of getting back in there if Leitrim didn't draw with Derry. No, not really. I'll be honest. Under I suppose, listen, last year I left on different bases, and it probably wasn't over game time. It was probably the relationship myself and Terry had. Oh, was it towards each other? Um, I. Listen, I felt Terry didn't value me as a footballer, and in return, then I suppose he we lost a lot of respect for each other through different things. And ah, well, then you've no chance of getting back in. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, 100%. That's and, right. and I probably would have pulled plug earlier the way things were going and the way I kind of felt uh, involved in the team. Had I suppose only didn't, my wife and my family kind of told me to stick at it, stick at it, and. I, you know, I, I wasn't enjoying it at all you know, but so. you started the league final you'd gotten back in then yeah, at well, that I, I, well, and I'll go back to that point too I do relatively believe that he didn't want to play me in the league final but the whole kind of media behind Emma Mulligan not playing in Co-Park really put pressure on him to play me and even that day when, when, whenever I seen a Borgen up on the side and I was just waiting to be whipped off like, really? that's the way I was playing I, never, I didn't even enjoy playing in it because I was just and the first few minutes in the second half he took me straight off yeah, you yeah. Know, so I suppose listen I, why I, do you think that was? And maybe there's a personality clash between was the two Was that immediate? Uh, I felt it. I, I, I probably came from initially when I'd done the draw for RT. I heard a few things back that when we got drawn against Wisconsin, I was doing the, the live RT draw and the camera came on me and I said, well, I was just being realistic. I kind of said this. I said it deflated after the draw that we've no chance of winning Connacht after that draw. And then it got back to me then that he had said to a few players on the QT, don't pass any heat of mulligan, he's saying about us and all this. And, you know, I would have rather he come and said that to me if he had an issue what I had said. And I, I suppose that, that filtered on throughout the year and like we never really talked or communicated and it was just kind of, I suppose for the two of us, it just didn't really work out, you know. And, right. Um, listen, it could go into a greater detail, but as I say, I, ho- I don't hold any grudge and I respect his decision. But at the same time, I couldn't play under him again and vice versa. He obviously didn't want me involved. Like I want to play for Leitrim, obviously. But if it's a case that he doesn't want me involved, that's his decision, you know, and I yeah. respect that fully as well. So, um, so while he's there, realistically, the chance of me going back to him for Leitrim are very slim. So, so you're 31 or 32, yeah, 32 thir- this year. Uh, I'm going 32 this year, yeah. You're going 32 this year. So look, so you have yeah, time. Listen, me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not well now, Willie. To be honest, it yeah. is what it is. I, I've been lucky enough to play. I've, I've gone through tough enough injuries to get back playing. It's disappointed the way it's ended, you know. I suppose if if this is the end, um, I suppose the biggest thing I would have liked was maybe to sit down and Terry at the start of the year and said, listen. As, as I suppose there's two men to sit down and iron it out any issues that we did have and, yeah. and even for him to say to me listen I'd want you back at least tell see, me to me face about that, it, you know that's the thing and often I've had loads of managers where there's been tension and where you're you're not acting like grown adults yeah. and for some reason for me that's the manager's job to stop that right that's your job to stop that and I often felt a, a lot of managers who could walk past you ignore you when and I'm ignoring him back I'm acting petulant but I'm petulant. I'm in my 20s. Like, this is a grown man whose job is to manage players. It's on them to call you in. And now maybe they don't want to call you in. Maybe they want to push you that far that they push you out the door and you quit. Yeah. So you don't know what they want. But I always think it's not mature to deal with a player that way where you're ignoring each other. It's not healthy for anyone. It's not healthy for a squad. And honestly, it's happened so many times to me that the relationship is broken down and there's no... Why can't that be fixed? Yeah. I don't hold grudges. I'd move on straight away, but I won't move on if you're just ignoring me. I, no, that, I'll make the, your life hard. Yeah. 
you know, and make everyone else's life hard. It's, that's it's immature. Our, that's where our relationship was. It was probably immature. As you said, there was no, there was no, there was no chat or conversation between us. There was more like sly remarks and sly digs, and it was just a lack of respect between, well, from one to the other. And then it, 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 I suppose, it eventually came to me not respecting him. And then it's the same as the place of work. If you don't respect your boss, and it's very hard to go into an environment that you don't want to be involved in if you're just kind of getting negatively consistently you know so um, I probably lasted longer last year than I probably would have had or could have expected because I think I probably should have went away a wee bit I should have probably walked away a bit earlier from it uh, the way my own mental state was yeah, at yeah. the time it just wasn't healthy for yeah. me and it was affecting everyone else around me so listen there is a time in life you just have to make a decision and that was my decision it wasn't just turning me back on Leitrim it was just that it just wasn't working out for any of us involved so he did say after the door would be open for me to come back but we haven't spoke since that first comedy game so it's very hard I says, I think that door that door is double locked at this yeah, stage yeah. So. so how does the door open <laughs> like I mean who makes this who makes this call well, you listen, we'll, we'll move on from it anyway as we'll I said on. I'm not going to dwell on it anyway do you know no like, that's it and you're not retired like I never retired as well I'm still available yeah. for selection whenever <laughs> any manager wants to come in they have been overlooked by the last few which I'm disappointed about yeah. Being honest, I have actually announced my retirement. Have you? So yeah, I don't. Um, you from from Derry, like yeah, yeah quite yeah. the retirement. Did you release, did you release a statement? I that? actually did release a statement. <laughs> yeah, not that anybody cared. Or <laughs> okay, we'll finish up on a Joe Brawley anecdote. So he was on air the other day, and this is look, this is a great one. Whether you believe it or not, it was in his piece in the Independent. Um, I didn't see the air uh, broadcast. So he's talking about uh, Rory Kavanagh and he 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 was a bit taken aback by how small Rory was and Rory says to him I'm back to my normal weight 12 and a half stone not much more than what I am um, he said when Jim McGuinness took over in 2011 he put Rory on a weight game regime we all kind of know that happened he said he, f- he fed him like a, a foie grass goose and this is a quote from Rory Cavanagh to Joe Brawley I was drinking three protein shakes a day and two tubs of ice cream. Jimmy would ring me every night after training to make sure I'd finished my ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Is it true? You decide. That's kind of the way we look at it. Uh, So he went, Rory went from four, he went from 12 and a half stone to 14 and a half stone in just five months, eating ice cream and protein shakes. So like, I mean, and obviously hopping off the gym as well because muscle weighs, weighs more and I presume you're eating the ice cream to pile on the calories and, yeah, turn that into whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a not a S and C man, but that's a huge increase. Um, and now he's back down to twelve and a half stone. So that's it. So Jim McGuinness ringing up to see did you eat your ice cream? It was the first time uh, when you hear stories like that. First time for everything. Right, we'll come back um, and in part two. We have a game there about half three. If you, <laughs> if you, if you wouldn't mind, if you wouldn't mind joining us. <laughs> didn't even start like. Didn't even go for the back. Took his line. Took his extra five minutes. It was like it was like the snooze button. Hit the hit the snooze button for another five minutes. Rolled out of bed. One seven that day. All right, so Dublin Kerry, lads, we're not going to spend too much time on this because it is the league and we have to put it into the context. Dublin are only back training two weeks and, do you know, like, I mean, you'd nearly look at Kerry a little bit more in that Peter Kane said after the game, he says, we're happy enough. They showed great resilience and great determination to go and be brave and go after it. Um, We're relatively happy. Like, they led by three points in the 66th minute. They couldn't close it out again against Dublin. Dublin squeezed them and they panicked a little bit, especially Ryan from the from the from the kickouts. Will they be happy? 
you know, I suppose they did pull it out with the Clifford free, which maybe changed the psychology of it. But like again, they're in a winning position against Dublin and didn't close it out in Croke Park. Yeah, there's a, and a, a, the fact that you said Dublin only back training, but then there's been a lot of fact they see or a lot of people on Twitter saying that Kerry only back a number of weeks training. And then I don't know. Yeah, no, they were on a holiday too. Like I mean, know, they so. they're not back that long as well, but. Dublin have a new manager and have done nothing. Yeah. They c- Kerry yeah, had the did, same manager yeah, well, last year, and, you know? and, and did a very you know did a lot of that team that started all Ireland. Did a stronger well. team out, yeah. Yeah, like before the game, I would have been expecting Kerry to win it. I suppose not even comfortably, but within a few points to yeah. spare. And uh, that, as you said, at that stage of the game, winning by the two or three points, I thought they would have kicked on home. But as you said, they just they just couldn't finish it out, you know. And, and I suppose maybe it is a thing in the back of their minds against the Dublin. And then again, you have to hats, hats off to Dublin. Like they don't, they just don't finish. Like they just keep going to the end. And I suppose the. Their, their game management and you know they, they never panic like when they, when they come under pressure like it's it's admirable in fairness like yeah. Kieran Kilkenny for the last fifteen minutes he made some massive plays in that game like you know when, when you needed someone to step up like you know and I suppose they're able to count on that sort of quality player like to, he was exceptional he was yeah. and he had a very quiet first half he wasn't yeah. a, he wasn't at the races at all like I mean but he I'd love to see his I'd love to see his times and training like he's just sometimes he looks wrecked and then he's just still always on the go he's he must be unbelievably fit um to keep to keep it going positives for Kerry James O'Donoghue roasted Merchant you don't often see Merchant Merchant's marked some good players um he's marked Sludden out of it he marked Stephen O'Brien out of it he didn't mark James O'Donoghue out of it he got roasted now I don't think Merchant is as good I've, I've said this last year Merchant man marking someone in the half forward line he's much better than man marking someone in the full back line and we explained the dynamics of that before in that half forwards look for a handy little ball and being free Merchant won't give them that ball it's harder to get into the game whereas if he's marking them in the full back line they'll still give it do you know what I mean because for some reason you'll accept passing to a man on the full forward line under pressure but you won't give the same ball to a half forward so he does do better he does do better in the half-back line man marking someone but James O'Donoghue back at full full throttle Conan was a nice thing to see in the first half yeah he, he looked a level above Merchant to be really yeah. honest like he just looked like a, he was on a different plane but it was for 40 45 minutes and then he sort of burned out a bit maybe that's to be expected like, but he did look very exciting I'm sort of trying to not get too excited by him because he's let us down before or he'll get injured again but if they can have that James O'Donoghue in the summer then it's going to be great because he was making right decisions as well like he, he scored three points yes but he was going at players he was popping it off and he was direct he wasn't coming outside the 45 yeah. and popping it off he's a confidence player yeah. and he looked you know he was doing the right thing he was, not yeah. sure Guinea's suited to coming so, so deep I don't think he's that type of player Sean O'Shea madness playing him midfield why would they not just have uh, played uh, the wing the, the uh, wing forward uh, Gavin O'Brien, big, tall, rangy fellow. Why is Sean O'Shea marking Fenton? Like, what are you trying to do to Sean O'Shea? Yeah, it was, and I suppose it showed in the first half with Fenton. You know, he was going. I know he, was, he kicked some three or four brilliant points. He was he was superb in the first half. But I suppose it, it was very hard for Sean O'Shea to be marking him, like someone that's not used to first and foremost following someone consistently back. And yeah. Like Fenton, who's been there now for the last number of years, and I suppose who who, who dominates the best midfielders in the country. Never mind, I suppose throwing Sean O'Shea in the top of him, who took a a bag a bad rap to the head after. 10 seconds of the game as well yeah. so it wouldn't have helped and Sean O'Shea we know one of his weaknesses is, is his pace and what's one of Fenton's strengths <laughs> Sean O'Shea cannot mark he can't mark him in the air and he can't mark him on the ground what yeah. kind of a matchup was that yeah he's also like I know he works hard but he's a, he's a classy centre forward you know, he just doesn't need to be marking the best midfielder yeah. in Ireland. It's a, it's a very strange matchup his free taking was outstanding what about David Clifford's goal lads so what was beautiful about this goal and it was, it was a similar move that he sewed up Johnny Cooper he turned before he caught the ball so he's running out to the ball at full pace 
and the ball is coming at an angle that's coming on his side that he's protecting. So he's actually turned his body and sidestepped backwards before the ball lands in his hands. So, like, I mean, the defender there is thinking, right, he's going to catch this. A couple more steps then is going to bring him out a little bit further and I'll get hands on him then. Instead, Clifford has turned before the ball has actually caught. And, like, I mean, this isn't a unique move to David Clifford. It works like a charm if if you can if you can if the ball is coming at the right angle, I suppose, Emlyn. Yeah, he'd 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 five yards gain going towards the opposition goal before he even got the ball. I suppose he'd made the run out and it yet he turned and got the ball at the same time. But I suppose the size of him, he it must be impossible to mark him. Like, you know, the strides on him, the big solo, like even the solo he took before he shot the goal, he nearly kicked it about six foot seven foot up into the air and still caught it and turned. But the pace he can do all that at is frightening. I think it's you know, it's all in, in such a flow as it says at full intensity to be able to t- beat the man to take the solo, take a bad solo, and still keep keeping yeah. in control, and then again to finish low and hard into the bottom corner. Everything you tell, as yeah. far as any young fella growing up. And is it fair to say Davy Byrne did all right on him? Like did well on him? Yeah. I'd say Clifford's possessions weren't that high. Yeah, he got a great block in initially. I think wasn't at the very start. Clifford yeah. turned on the left and Byrne. You know, and there I suppose there's psychological battles for a defender. But you know yourself going to mark him. He's going to like he's going to kick a few points. Any, I think it's a given. Any, yeah. so it's just. I suppose restrict him to as little as possible but uh, he's definitely like the the quality of that goal was phenomenal in fairness yeah no it definitely was he, he never decides anything beforehand like he waits till the very very last split second to to decide what he's doing and like even it shrugged off Davy Byrne and then Davy Byrne committed because most players then when they got that space they'll clip it over so Davy Byrne dived to block and Clifford just keeps going on inside yeah. <laughs> like you know he waits till the very last moment yeah Philly McMahon did well on Walsh I've got a, a, a an issue with Tommy Walsh and he's there as a big man he breaks out for the ball way too often like why does Tommy Walsh not just stand there could you many how many times has there a ball gone into him and he's gone in under it do you know what I mean why not just stand on the edge of the square you don't need to break out in front if you're there as an option for a a mark stand on the edge of the square you only break out the odd time now I know he's well able to win ball out in front and he can do different things but if you wanted if you want a, a nice balance of what's in there Clifford can do that you stay on the edge of the square and give us an extra option do you know if that initial ball of Clifford or O'Donoghue isn't, isn't on or they've broken out and they've come out too far now I have a chance of dropping it onto the edge of the square to you if you're running towards me that pass is harder for me to hit you with if you're standing static on the edge of the square any forward you know worth his salt can hit the edge of the square with a pass and you don't need to run because you're way taller than Philly McMahon. You're twice his size. Yeah. I don't get that. It like, it's like there's no work being done on him in there. or He's not being coached into being, I don't know, I don't know, you know, a, a target in there. Yeah, and like Fenton actually mentioned him afterwards. He said they thought that Kerry would put a bit more ball into him like and trying to use the mark especially with the mark you know they haven't tried to do like that remember that catch he got in the Ireland final that, and then popped it off to Sean O'Shea who had a goal chance but he put it over like that's what he should be used for is yeah. it like they've got enough forwards you're right and he's an extra dimension he's an extra thing have. that Dublin would be like shit now yeah. there's a, could be a long ball option. He seems to play make runs Clifford makes. <laughs> and he's taking and with that then he's taking up the space for them lads. Yeah. Like if you have two corner forwards, there's nothing worse than three men running for the ball and Getting you're like in the way. Tommy, get so back in so with then, him. Yeah. So then when it goes Tommy runs under it, there's nobody behind him. Yeah. And, he's, and he's bringing out another man, like if Clifford wins it and Tommy's coming out, it's bringing more it's, it's, yeah, another defender out to double up there. But as you said, it's but maybe it's it's probably frustrating in there if the ball isn't going in the top of him, then maybe or as you said, maybe they're not doing well. like he's probably trying to make a, a name for himself, wants to get in the team. I suppose he's not happy just to stand on the square and hope two balls come into him in the whole half. He's yeah. probably trying to say, 
let me out at the ball show Peter Kane that I can but I'd be if I was Peter Kane I'd say to him Tommy I won't think you're playing bad yeah that's it yeah, you're there as an extra string to our bow and to confuse Dublin and we'll try and get three into you we need you to win them but I want you standing on the edge of the square I want you winning them there yeah so the layoff is on or else a mark you've three three offensive marks you will catch them it's up to the lads to stick it, stick them into your hands yeah because he's getting a lot of ball around 45 and he's popping it off and you're like what? Tommy Walsh doesn't need to be doing that he looks, cl- you know, he, he looks clumbersome when he's out around yeah. there, doesn't he that's not him that's and not his at his age now yeah. what his game is and in the second half he comes on to his left on the left hand side puts it wide and you're like, oh, again Tommy Walsh doesn't need to be doing that like somebody else can do this stuff yeah yeah. in fairness Kerry are very lightweight around midfield aren't they when for all the mm. strength and depth they have now they are missing David Moore and Jack Barry and Dermot O'Connor who oh, could yeah. all play there but like I mean they're down to the they're down to the bare bones aren't they in midfield and that's where they were destroyed really for a, a lot of the game well Fenton ran amok we'll talk about him in, in performance the weekend but they were destroyed there in the, in the first half and in fairness to Evan Comerford, you have to hand it to his kickouts. Were you know, I suppose he he, he will be an, he will be a very good man to step into clocks and shoes. You know, you can see definitely he's the very similarities in terms of striking of the ball, and um, you know it does make a massive difference. But um, yeah, definitely when you take David Moore and especially out at midfield there and Kerry, like they're struggling big time there yeah. for someone just to dominate. I suppose again, if you're if you're going for push for all Ireland's, like you know you need someone with a bigger, stronger presence there definitely than I suppose. God forbid if David Moore or someone got injured. You know, like they've nothing really else to step in there, like you know. So, yeah. um, it's definitely well, I don't think Sean O'Shea is their answer to it either. But whether that was in his mind to try him out there, I don't know. But it definitely didn't work, it definitely didn't work. And like, I mean, it just shows the importance of Jack Barry, who man marks Fenton. Look what Fenton can do when he's not being yeah. looked yeah. after by Barry. And Barry's a good physical match, um, for him. I thought Aaron Byrne looked very w- good, lads. Mm. A player I'm not massively familiar with outside of a few Nafina games, which is what well, I thought the, for a player. Well, not sure if that was his debut or not but he scored an unbelievable point but what he did for the Kilkenny free at the end was even more impressive like that was showed a lot of experience burned his man down the wing but waited and waited and waited and waited for the support run Kilk- who's there in the last couple of minutes only Kilkenny with his engine bang pop pass and I thought initially it was a very soft free I thought Kilkenny because he didn't fall straight away but he lost balance but Enright came in it was a bit like Ryan McHugh's tackle when he got the black card on yeah. Peter Hart he tackled with his hand but he also Leg stuck his foot in yeah. and he did yeah. he kind of tri- even if he didn't trip him that much he knocked Kilkenny off stride enough for him to probably fall yeah. over it was a foul like, it was a foul Kilkenny yeah. held on to the ball as well on, on the ground like, you know, it wasn't like he'd lost possession he still had the ball yeah. Um, but yeah like you're right like, Burn uh, for such a young player like normally young players would be erratic and they'd shoot or you'd panic there yeah. they don't want to have the ball too long because they feel like they shouldn't have it too long yeah. but he just as you say held on to it until the right decision became available it was it was actually very impressive I thought see. that was very impressive yeah. play by him I really did did we mention Kenny's tactical foul on no. Burns so Kenny's such a smart player and he's a cynical player as well let's be honest he fouled Burns it was 45 metres out, out just outside about another outside, metre yeah. another couple of metres yeah. 46, 47 and Scully the Egypt goes and kicks the ball away <laughs> so instead of Kil- instead of Kilkenny and I don't doubt for a second that what's going through Kilkenny's mind is Clifford's on the freeze it's out of it it's probably out of his range a lot of pressure on him I'm going to foul him definitely yeah. fouled him it was lazy he didn't try to do anything other than foul him but Kilkenny would have processed that in his head 
because like I, he, he'll be probably a great analyst or a manager when he's finished mm. because he's a great football brain and he would have been thinking of that and Scully kicks it away to move it in I'd say Kilkenny was livid with him because that made Kilkenny look bad it made yeah. Kilkenny look like an idiot yeah, when Kilkenny was actually being smashed yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what Declan Bonner wanted Donegal to do when this was for a point and he knew where to find him to stop the point everybody yeah. gets back Kerry have to pass it but we're all behind the ball yeah yeah, yeah fantastic so we'll move on to Galway Monaghan lads because again this is off the highlights last night and I was very disappointed in TG Cahar to show two hurling yesterday and to not show Galway Monaghan two new managers um, two new managers that are more footballing managers than had been beforehand uh, with Banty and Porrick Joyce two big teams in Division 1 and they t- show two hurling games on a Sunday it's outrageous it's not, it's not fair on football fans because yeah. like you can talk all you want uh, during May when the Munster League is on and we have to suck it up and go well the Munster League uh, Munster Championship is probably better than an opening round uh, you know match in Leinster or any of the provinces and we suck up two hurling games on a Sunday but it's not right in the, during the National League in the first round for them not to give us a hurling uh, or a football um, option Porrick Joyce said after the game a lovely quote by Porrick Joyce to win things you have to play football and we're trying to play football and um, by God, I know it was only the highlights, you didn't see it all, but playing football, they are. Long kick passes, someone breaking out around the 45. Instead of when they get it on the 45, they're not passing it backwards, immediately turning around and giving it into the two-man full forward. Good, fast, early ball, fast forwards who can score. Yeah, and I, I suppose it. the thing goal to have is footballers. Like, they have players that are capable of doing it. Do you know, it's... Like, and even to see Comer coming back in there and like the corner forward, young Finnerty lad. Like, they have the dangerous forwards if they can get the ball in there. Yeah. Like, I seen them last year. In against it was against Sligo in the Connacht Championship. Like, and they looked so lethargic. They'd no, there was no inventiveness in them at all to go forward with it. Like, it was just, it was painful to watch Danny Cummins and Burke inside because there's no ball coming into them. Whereas the difference now for forward is knowing that no matter what, but the ball is coming, you know, at 45, 50, early ball, early ball. Yeah. And as you said, like, what a manager to have to, I says, to even demonstrate the kick pass for them, like, you know, yeah. one of the best left pegs ever played. So, like, them little things are, are massive, and I suppose it's great, it's great for goal football of Park Joyce there for them to. I suppose to teach them that element of it but it, it'll definitely change their whole dimension of play in, in terms of what Kevin Walsh had the style he'd them playing anyway Ah it will and it's great to see and I think Comer finished up in the full forward line but he was out around the half he forward did, line with yeah. him. and I love that too it's a change he's a wrecking ball running at teams and Shane Walsh in there has got more pace and will probably show a little bit better than Comer did and Comer's probably out of the game a little bit too much in there where he's he can be in the game influencing it a bit more out in the half forward line Yeah and like Comer's pinging some lovely passes in there and Actually, and it's so basic, but every time a, a pass went forward for Galway, there was three, four like maroon jerseys coming off them, and yeah. it looks so exciting. There's so many options; it gets everybody's tails up, you know. And like maybe that's like that's going to be good for Comer if he's coming late onto a ball. I couldn't imagine anybody better bursting through off Shane Walsh than Damien yeah, Comer. Yeah, it's fantastic stuff. And look, Connor Boyle off the highlight scored one of the easiest points for Russ Common. Galway were wide open, but that's the risk you take. So look, they conceded 16 points which would probably give uh, Kevin Walsh nightmares, but they scored 114 and won the game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And uh, by, by all accounts, we're, we're the better team. But Conor Boyle just got a ball around midfield and he threw the man over because they're going mad for man. He just sold it up and tapped yeah. it over the back. You know, that's the price you pay sometimes. You can't yeah. be good at everything, you know? Yeah. And if you want to be... Like, we talk about Guardiola and Klopp, they're attacking philosophies. That's what they want to do. Go and dictate the game take it to your opponents and score 
like you might not be although Liverpool have a bloody balance fairly well I don't want don't to get don't worry about it <laughs> it's hard when, you, when you have players of Shane Walsh quality and Comer and Conroy these lads they want to play football yeah. as you said they don't want, they're not going to they out there, they don't, they're not going there to defend like you know and as you said if, if, if his philosophy is well we're going to concede but we're going to outscore the team like yeah. which is better like a 12-9 win or a, you know like a 10-9 win or, or you know or as you said concede 16 but still win the game I think still it's, win the game I think all the fans that take the latter there like and rather see I says their team fulfilling their full potential with with, with players to come back in there too from Carrafin as well. You know, how, so. how highly rated is Robert Finnerty? His goal was beautiful, so he showed it onto onto the mm. wide part of the goal with his left, and then turns back and taps it in on the right. Beautiful stuff. Like I, I mean, just again, seen, I seen highlights of him for the co- I think he's an NUIG um, to play whatever say, one of the games in Sigerson. I seen highlights. He kicked one four one five in it. Now that was the first time I seen him this year. Now in fairness, he looked he looked very impressive now um, as a swole kind of man in there. So. Sure, you'd imagine long the likes of the, the older lads was watching him. It'll only bring him on further, yeah. but he he definitely could have a uh, he could be make a big impact for them this year. Yeah, definitely could. All right, we'll uh, come back with performance of the weekend. he gave me back then was he, we were in the Glenroy on a night out and he, I'd never met him before and he put his arm around me and he said you won't go too far wrong if you win the ball and give it to me I said alright well okay that's great advice yeah, it was <laughs> for you Malamente Alright, performance of the weekend We won't spend too long here lads Because we've gone way over time Brian Fenton lads in the first half Was just like a Rolls Royce footballer um, I liked his interview with Ayr as well I think they gave him man of the match Or did someone give Kieran Yeah, Ayr gave RT gave Kieran Kilkenny man of the match Ayr gave Fenton man of the match He said I wasn't too active in the second half there But it was very nice to get the award And thanks very much <laughs> <laughs> He did kind of go out of it in the second half But like he was all over the place And he was asked about his scoring And he said uh, he said in the interview, he said, it's something you're always practicing since you're a kid, clipping scores. Clipping, and yeah. I loved, I loved how he described clipping scores because that's how Fenton scores. He clips them. And I was just thinking that when I was playing, I was a very accurate clipping scores, but kicking scores, I was dreadful. When you were on the run and you don't have to kick it hard, yeah. just your momentum and your speed clips the outside of the ball you put a bit of right to left curl on it and you're clipping the ball over the bar I just love it and that's how Fenton does it all the time he's usually running at speed from a standing position you wouldn't know what Fenton might be like he's not clipping them do you know what I mean kicking them and clipping them are two totally different things uh, Emlyn completely yeah and it's even I I used to even kicking a free kick you know obviously you're kicking a free kick you're you're taking a few steps back I remember when I used to hit a bit of bad form I used to end up start clipping the free kick so So you'd run really fast I used to go back (laughs) I used to take about 10 steps 10 to 15 back and run hard up to the mark and then as you said you're just all you're looking for is the direction because you're going so hard at the ball that it used to just go over you know but it is true like it's so much sometimes when you practice it a lot it's very it's a lot easier just as you said to to get the distance but the way he kicks it he just as you said he just clips it he doesn't put any power into it it's just Mm. the the leg just comes back a little stroke side fall and it, his accuracy is phenomenal as well for a midfielder like it's just he just he just doesn't miss really does he like yeah. it's, it's that easy he kicks them over and I suppose the big thing is he kicks them from the right place like you never see him kick from an angle you never yeah. see him kick from 45 he's always in there and come through that middle D yeah. do you know it's coming in on the left or coming yeah. in on the right you know and it's, it's, it's brilliant to watch and that's where he practiced from Conor Mortimer used to call them spinners <laughs> 
So I don't know what, what spinners are probably. I outside wasn't outside the left. Outside, outside, the, left outside the left are the spinners. Are they, did you see Kieran MacDonald on the sideline? He's on the sunbeds, lads. Is he or else he's just back from. <laughs> he's in good shape. He's in good shape. He's in good shape for himself and James Horan celebrated a draw. It was nice to see the yeah. two of them embracing um, after that. Darren, uh, Darren McCurry, lad, scored 1 6. His first, the goal he scored was a sensational ball by Ronan O'Neill. Mm. Knew McCurry was gone behind him, but couldn't get it to him in time for the hand pass and just waited a little bit more and just kicked it over his shoulder with his left foot so that was a beautiful a beautiful finish Once, it, but McCur- McCurry's I don't know what the story with McCurry is he's clearly a very good player yeah. but he just can't make that step up in championship to be dominating a game like that yeah you just, we've been here before I think, yeah like, we have you're getting excited like Jesus Tyrone have McCurry and O'Neill and yeah. it's like oh they just don't and O'Neill unfortunately hasn't hasn't kind of made that step up at championship level either has he no, I seen him there. He was uh, well in the McKenna Cup. Right, well, he seemed to be carrying a bit of weight, and he's very kind of that stocky build. And yeah. obviously, the relationship between himself and Mickey, I don't know, is it a positive one or not? Because he's the same. He's, he's coming and going, isn't he? And it's he's not. He went last year and got back in. Mickey yeah. Hart, you have to give Mickey Hart his due. He doesn't hold a grudge. No, he brings him yeah. back he in. He brings them back in, doesn't he? Yeah, Even he does. if he falls out with lads. And you, from Mickey's interviews, you might think he'd be a tick sort yeah. of a man. That he doesn't, though. He's he's like a young. He's He's a player's man, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, James Durkin won three off the bench. We talked about him 66 minutes. I, I, maybe I was a bit hard on him, say, like, I don't want to run him down. But he's another one who probably, for me, might be a little o- bit off championship level if you want to be, you know, looking at all Ireland's or anything like that. But one, one three in coming on 66 minutes, unbelievable. Michael Hurley scored five points, come on at half time. Not bad. So if he played the full game, he would have got 10, <laughs> going, judging by my ma- by my <laughs> match. <laughs> He came on for Young Gore off the under 21s. Um, the Cork subs, incidentally, scored nine points um, for Cork. Uh, Connor Turbot scored 1 6 from play by sensational. 1 6, some start. He's 20 years old. He's corner forward. He's the same age as Rian O'Neill. Um, he's a bit light, but he's got loads of potential, is my information on him. And uh, like he's obviously very accurate, but uh, like I said, it's not like our, me, our man needs any inside forwards. How can they? Uh, Jimmy Clark's back. Mernon's back. Rian O'Neill. Stephen Campbell. Come on, there's more than that. There's Nugent can play in the half forward line or the full forward line. Mernon. Yeah, I said Mernon there, did I not? Oh. No. Oh, <laughs> you, you've tuned out at this stage. <laughs> a long show, Connor. Come on, get on with it. Kieran Lillis, lads, 1 3, including a mark. Um, 1 2 came, uh, 1 2 of it came from play. This is a midfielder gone in full forward. Immediately, we're saying this is very impressive. The 1 2 of it was off his left foot including the equalising goal off his left foot club player of the year in Leash last year and has been made Leash captain that's impressive stuff right yeah, we great. know I'm a big Kieran Lillis fan um, he's a club mate of mine but for him to go in full forward and to be honest d- there was a little bit of desperation I thought about that Lillis never would have played in the forwards and mm. he, he's not he's not an unbelievably fetching midfielder like he's not known for fetching over his head he's more of a footballer he's got a good football brain so I was thinking what are they doing with that that's a bit like you know just Putting any, you know, just putting someone in there for sake of it. But one tree is some some uh, yeah. some return for yeah. him. Anything is possible in quirky time. Quirky time, yeah, <laughs> that's it. So we'll have to get we'll have to get that going. So who will get uh, performance weekend? Connor Turbot. You never give um, Keith Burnett mentioned from Leitrim nine points up in Derry as well. Keith Burnett. See, I, I was going to put him in, but he got one from play only <laughs> and eight frees. They could be tap overs. <laughs> he might not have been fouled. No disrespect to Leitrim. <laughs> no disrespect. <laughs> but I did We're like. Ireland, any I did, uh, yeah, well, you can't be saying <laughs> things like that. Uh, one thing about Burnie, I did read and his his interview 
interview after the match is he he was very disappointed with the draw, which just shows kind of the headspace Leitrim potentially are in at the moment. Yeah. You know, like I mean, imagine which is good. which very good, yeah. very positive to be reading that performance of the weekend has to go to Conor Turbot one six from play. Um, in was it his debut? I'm not sure if it was his debut. Yeah, maybe it was his debut. Quite the start to his career. That's debut, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, Conor Turbot, congratulations, performance of the weekend, and we'll leave it there, and we'll be back on Thursday. So we'll talk to you then. Good luck. Yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a f***ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing years.